0: Well, I want to say Merry Christmas and, of course, a big Happy New Year to all of you who are here at the Little Creek campus, along with all those who are joining us online. We are excited about this time of the year. How many of you guys had a great time with your family and friends this week? Yeah, I love this time of the year. What a great time. Fantastic. I always, it always reminds me of when I was a kid, you know, all the trips that we would take, the traveling we would do as our family uh, together during the holiday season. And, of course, traveling back then was a lot different than it is now. I was with a friend of mine the other day uh, who had a new baby and we were walking out to his truck and he was putting the baby in this truck and I was like amazed at the like the technology. I mean when when I was a kid and we would travel, I don't th- I don't think we even had seat belts in the car, but this thing was like it had this ba- it was like a space capsule. I mean you, you like had this base that you snapped into the forgive me it's been a while since we've done the car seat thing but it like connected to the seat i guess there's like something built into the seat that it connects snaps to help me is that right and and, and then you the the, ba- the the chair locks into the base I mean, you could have gone into outer space with that rig, and the kid would have been fine. It was, it was amazing. I mean, when I was a kid, not only did we not have seat belts, we didn't even ride in the seats. My, my favorite place to ride in the car, it was actually the back window. You know, we had a big old Crown Victoria, and in the back window, the deck, there was, like a, there was actually a deck back there that was bigger than just enough space to put speakers, you know. I mean, it was about this deep. And the width of the car, of course, cars were a lot bigger. And and I would lay up there in the back window and sleep. In fact, my brother—I had a little brother who's 18 months younger than me—and we would lay feet to feet, and we would sleep in the back window of the car while we were going down the road on vacation. You guys remember that? And we weren't scared, man. We were not scared, and we were up there just hanging out, you know. And it was it was awesome. And because uh, the cars are different, of course, the best seat in the house. Of course, I wanted seven kids. You guys know, remember that. So when you you have to be creative about where you know using space when you have got that many people riding in a car. But the best seat in the house was always the youngest kid got to ride in the front seat. They didn't have center consoles. They had an armrest that folded down between the two front seats. y'all, y'all I see everybody's like yeah you're giving your age away they, they 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 had this seat this uh armrest that would fold down between the two front seats and uh and and you the youngest kid in the family got to sit on the armrest i mean a little baby like little kids and and you had the best you know if anything happened if there was a wreck man you were right there ready to go through the windshield man it was just you know and and it was all it was all out there but our cars had these uh, automatic restraint devices in the front seat. I don't know if you guys had these growing up, but we did. My dad, when he would drive, anytime he had to brake suddenly, anything happened, his right arm would just shoot out <laughs> like this, and it would just stop. And you can tell kids, people that grew up in that era, even the kids that grew up in that era, because if they have to brake suddenly or do anything fast, that arm comes out. You know what I mean? And uh, my dad would uh, my dad I remember my, my dad would wake us up you know in the middle of the night because we'd go on the he was a road warrior you know man I mean we'd drive it it was nothing for us to drive 24 hours just and he and I mean very few stops you know the cars had like 300 gallon gas tanks back then you know and and, and so you'd be like no you're gonna hold it dad I gotta go it's been 12 hours no you can hold it you know but my dad would wake us up in the middle of the night and it would just be pitch black dark and we'd wake up I you know you'd wake up with the sun coming up through the back window of the car and you're sleeping up there in the back deck, and there's a like trucker right there. You know? Hey, Y'all know, you remember that? Come on, man. Traveling has changed a lot through the years. But anyway, I love the holidays. Excited about this time of the year. Man, I would tell you what I'm excited about. I am so excited about this journey that we're about to take uh, as a church family in, in, in these first few weeks of uh, 2015. And I want to share with you a message today that I've entitled Preparing for the Journey. And uh, in this message, we're going to talk about really what it takes to get the most out of a God visit, because that's what we're believing for. How many of you guys are believing for God to show up for you in 2015? (laughs) Amen. Amen. And you know what? We're going to to start today by talking about this, this the preparation, preparing for the journey, the preparation for what we're going to encounter over these next 50 days. Because in the next 50 days as a church family, we're going on a trip. We're going on a journey, uh, a journey of transformation. And you guys have been hearing a lot about it. You've heard a lot about it over the last several weeks. And our team's been preparing. And uh, we are ready to get kicked off this next Sunday with our Transformed series. And so uh, you may be thinking, you know, Pastor Dave, why Transformed? Why why would we do that? Well, you know, every year, uh, every couple of years, we do a spiritual emphasis this series where we have the whole church come together on one page. All the small groups, all the weekend services, the youth, the children's ministry, everybody's focused on one theme. And it's, it, it never ceases to amaze me, the power of, the, of, of what happens when, when we as a people get on the same page for a period of time together and see God move. I'm always amazed at the life-change stories that come out of these seasons of our lives as a church family and what God is able to do as a church. And so that's what we're going to be doing Uh, Together over the next few weeks and so uh, you know at this time of the year every year it's natural for us our attention is focused on making the next year better than the last. Right and Again, not that hopefully 2014 wasn't too bad of a year for you. I know that sometimes we've, and some of us have had some difficult times, some challenges. Others have had great years. 2014 has been a great year. But the goal of, of the focus of this time of the year typically for most of us is trying to make the next year better than the last. And we want to do that as a church family this year. In fact, what would you say if we could give you a guarantee of success, that if you would do the things that we're going to be talking about doing, that you would be guaranteed that your life would be better in 2015 than it was in 2014. How many of you would be interested in putting some effort into that? Yeah, of course. And we want to, so that's what we're going to do. That's what we want to do over these next seven weeks, these next 50 days, as we kick off our transformation guarantee. We're going to set our sights and our goals on doing life God's way and with his master blueprint print for our lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to be discovering how to live, how God's designed us to live in different areas of our lives that are important to all of us. Uh, our, our, Our spiritual lives, our relational lives, our mental lives, the way we think, our emotional lives, our feelings. And our emotions, relationships. How many of you relationships are you know? How many of you excited about having a better marriage in 2015? Isn't that good? Of course. And all of it, I am. I mean, I've been married 25. It'll be 25 years this year, and, and I want my marriage to be better this year than it was last year. I want it to be better this year than it was 25 years ago. Right. And so we're growing together in our relationships, finances, our finances. We're going to grow together in our finances, and then also we're going to talk about our vocations, our, our jobs. How are you doing in your career? In your in in the area? Of your life that, that provides for you and for your family, well, the thing is is we 're always in competition. there's always this, this din, this, this noise around us from the world that, that are shouting for our attention, uh, offering answers to our relational struggles and, and, and solutions for our financial trouble, and, uh, searching for, and, and and really our search for meaning. But the problem is, is these promises leave us empty and searching for more. And the reason that is, is because only the truth of God's word, it's only God's word that that contains the truth that can genuinely transform a person from the inside out. And that's what we're going to be studying over these next uh, seven weeks. And so we've been, we've been preparing, we've been putting things together. And what I want to encourage you to do, there's several ways that we can get involved in this. But one of the things that I really want you to focus on this week is, um, and I'm going to give you some other things as the message goes along, but one of the things that I really want you to focus on is think about the people who you know, people in your sphere of influence who need these truths. And again, when I started talking about them, most of you probably began to think, man, I, I wish so-and-so was here. I, I immediately thought of somebody who could use the truths that we're going to be talking about. How many of you thought of somebody? I want to encourage you this week to get on the phone or text and begin to invite people to come to church, to get in a small group, to do the things that we're going to be talking about today, to engage in this, tra- this journey of transformation so that we can grow together. And, and I mean, set aside, aside a little bit of time that to, to make those phone calls this week. Yesterday, my wife and I were, were going through our list this is who we want to get in our small group this this uh, year, and we started making those invitations. and We're going to spend some more time this week doing that, and I want to encourage you to do that this week. Another thing you can do is get on your is use your social media, uh, if you Instagram or, or um, maybe you you know Facebook or or. or, or Twitter, whatever, whatever form of social media you're involved in, use those those outlets to uh, invite people to come be involved in the in the uh, transform journey. In fact, you know what? Let's do this. I mean, this is uh, we're a practical church. I'm gonna do it right now. Let's just uh, let's just jump right in here. How about this? Let's do a, Let's get a picture. We're gonna put this on Instagram. Everybody, everybody, squeeze in there. Wait. Come on, come on, you guys. Wave. One, two, three. All right, there you are. All right, here we go. Next, let's see. I'm doing it right now. Let's see. Me and a few, hold on, of my closest friends (laughs) preparing for the, I don't have those 15-year-old bionic thumbs, transformed journey Exclamation point! About that hashtag Live. Okay. See you again. All right, there we go. All right, you guys can jump on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and hit me up. Okay. <laughs> Follow me. Get on your face, your social media, and invite some people to get involved. Email. Look, we set up a, a website to make it real easy for you. A webpage on our website. Called transformed.churchoftheking.com. Now, if you'll go to this, this website, it's super easy. You can actually uh, email, invite people by sending them this link, and you don't even have to answer the questions because they'll have all the stuff already, uh, all the questions, everything, all the information is there right off the website. You don't have to answer a bunch of questions, it'll be right there. But use this transformed.churchoftheking.com to invite people. To uh, be involved in what we're about to do, and also the 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 uh, the, the bigger issue is this. Okay, so we're going to spend a lot of time. Uh, we're going to spend a lot of time studying and learning together, and talking about other things. But the main thing that, that we need to make sure that we're ready for in these next these next seven weeks together is we're, that we're prepared for the guest of honor, because like I mentioned before, we are expecting a God visit right? We are believing that God is going to show up and meet with us in a whole new way this year to make 2015 a great year for us. And so our team's been setting the table, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but like in our house growing up, and even in my home now with my wife, when we're going to have guests over, like there's clean, and then we got company coming clean. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So like the house is like, you know, clean. That means it's not funky. And then there's We got company coming, fluff up the pillows, clean the bathroom. How many of you men ever done so much... pillow fluffing in your life you know, when p- company is coming over to the house and you're getting things ready. We want to do the same thing this week because we have a guest of honor coming. We're expecting a visitation from God over these next couple of months together as a church family and we want to be prepared for him, his visit. Amen? And so we want to be, make sure that we are ready for this. So what I thought we could do during our time together today is I want to take a look at a passage of scripture, a story that happened about 3,500 years ago in the book of Exodus. A- Exodus chapter 19. So if you have your Bible and your notes, you can open those up, take your notes out and follow along. But we're going to take a look at a story from the book of Exodus chapter 19 uh, and in that we can extract some principles of, of things that we can do to prepare for a God visit, to prepare for this journey that we're about to embark upon. Now I want to give you a little bit of background before we read the passage. Most of you know the story, you've probably seen you know the Ten Commandments, or you know the, um, what's the Disney one? Prince of Egypt, you know you've probably seen those movies, or maybe even the New Exodus, believe me, look Christian Bale much, makes a much, much better Batman than, a, than Moses, so you know if you go that, go to that one, make sure you read your Bible first. But um, anyway, <laughs> You know the story. Israel has been in captivity in, um, in, in Egypt for, for 400 years. They're being brought out of captivity into freedom, into their promised land, and they, they got out in the desert. They made, out, made their way out of Egypt into the desert between Egypt and Israel, the promised land, but, and which should, should have been about an 11-day trip, about an 11-day walk, uh, wound up taking them 40 years 40 years, but about th- two months into the trip, again, long after they should have been there, but long before they actually arrived, God said, You know what? This is going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to have a meeting with everybody, okay? So he was, meeting, he was talking with Moses, and Moses would go up on the mountain and talk to him, and he said, you know what? I'm, I want to talk to everybody. Just get everybody together. I want to talk to everybody. And, uh, and so this is what happened. God and Moses are having this conversation, and, and in the conversation, God gives him some instructions to prepare for this visit from him. And so that's what we want to look at this morning. Let's take a look. Exodus chapter 19. If you want to read along in your Bible, we're going to have it right here on the screen. But it says, Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 2, it says, When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Israel, the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my possession, my own possession, among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel." So Moses came and he called the elders of the people and set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. That's a good, that's a good uh, response. When God speaks, that we listen and obey, right? And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. So Moses is running back and forth to, between God and the people. But God's preparing to meet with them himself. And he says, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments. And let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Now let's jump down to verse 17. In verse 17, the Bible says that Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now this begins one of the most intriguing God encounters found anywhere in Scripture. From this story, what I want to do during our time this morning is draw out some principles. I want to look at four ways that we can prepare for this transformed journey that we're about to take as a church family. The first thing I want you to notice, we find in, in verse 10 and 11, and the, and the first thing that we can do is to get ourselves ready. So number one is get yourself ready. If you, look at, if you look at verse 10, look at what God says about preparing for the journey. He says, The Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and let them be ready for the fir- for the third for the third day, for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Now, I, I understand that everybody is busy. I learned a few years ago, that it's a principle of physics, that there's no such thing as spare time. How many of you guys have figured that out in your life? Yeah, there's no such thing as spare time. And if we're gonna be ready for an encounter with God, if we're gonna be prepared in our hearts and in our lives to meet with God, that is not gonna happen on accident or in our spare time, right? And so we're is, in all of the busyness of uh, wrapping up the season and preparing for the next year, I'm gonna ask you to set aside a little bit of time to be ready to meet with God, to set a, prepare yourself to meet with him, to carve out some time to meet with God. And that's what he's saying because what, because what he's saying to the people is, listen, you, you've kind of heard from me from a distance. Moses keeps running up and down this mountain and I'm talking to him, but I wanna to talk to you face to face. I wanna talk to you personally and individually. I wanna talk with all of you. And that was an unusual thing in those days. I mean, God just didn't show up talking to people. Are y'all with me? And, and the fact is that God is saying the same thing to you and I today. He wants to meet with each one of us individually. And so our choice is that we, our, our decision, the choice that we have to make is, are we content to just show up in the crowd and hear from, the God, hear from God third party? Or... Are we going to put ourselves in a position, are we going to posture ourselves individually to encounter God, to experience Him, to hear from Him face-to-face over these next seven weeks? That's your choice. It's my choice. That's our decision. Are we willing to live? Are we content to live with the leftovers, with the third-party translation of what God is saying? Or do we want to hear from Him, experience Him, press into Him, know Him personally, ourselves during this time? Amen? And so I'm going to ask you just practically and very very, just personally, individually, set aside some time to hear from God this week. Look, it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a lot of the time. I'm just talking about a few minutes each day to come to him with a clean slate. You know, One of the other things I've learned over the last few years is when you come to the Lord in a time like this especially, don't come with your agenda, right? How many of you think you know already what you'd like to see happen in your relationships next year? How about in your finances? How many of you already kind of have a plan? This is what I'd like to see. How about in your, in your uh, spiritual life, your emotional life, your, your job, your vocation? How about all of these different, all of us, most of us have an idea of what we'd like for that to see. But how many of you realize that God probably knows better than we do what needs to happen in all those areas of our life? And so how many of you would be willing to come to him with an open slate, with a clean slate, open hands, and say, God, you know what? I got some ideas about how this looks, but I know that you know better. There is a God, and it's not me, (laughs) right? And it's not you. Open your heart to him. Come and just spend a few minutes each day this week preparing yourself for this journey that we're about to take, and take it seriously get yourself ready all right the second thing that we see from this passage is in verse five and six and that is get in the word the second thing that i think we can do to prepare is to get in the word and in verse five it, this is what this is what uh, god is saying to the children of israel and he's going to say to us today, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, that you shall be my own possession among all the people. For the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, I know that a lot of us fall into the trap sometimes of thinking that spiritual maturity and the blessing of God and having God's will being revealed and worked out and realized in every area of our life is something that's reserved for the elite, spiritually elite, for, for just a few select people. But that is not the case. That's not the case. The, the fact is, the, God's purpose and plan for our lives is available to be worked out and to be realized in the life of every person who is willing to get in his word and to obey his word and to build their lives and to build our lives on the principles and the precepts of the truths of God's word in every area of our life. Every one of us are eligible for that for that benefit. Every child of God, and as a pastor, and I've been doing this for almost twenty five years, and I, and I know Pastor Randy, Pastor Doug would would agree with me on this. That most, the by, by by and large, the vast majority of situations that we deal with pastorally, where God, where where people are dealing with situations in their lives that are less than what God intends for them is some, of course, there are some small amount of them that are circumstantial, but for the most part, when we deal with issues and situations in our lives that are not under the God, blessing of God, it's simply because we've not built those areas of our lives on the truth of God's Word. We've, we've done our best. We've, we've kind of thought things through and, you know, kind of built our lives on our opinions or other people's opinions or advice or or the world's counsel or read a good book or whatever. But I'm telling you that God, God is saying to the children of Israel and he's saying to you and I today that if we will obey his word... That if we will dig into his word and find out what it says about, the, about how to live healthy in our spiritual lives, in our emotional lives, in our relational lives, in our mental lives, in our physical lives, in our vocational lives, in our financial lives, if we will dig in and understand the principles of his word that relate to each one of these areas of our life, that he's going to breathe on those areas in our lives, and we will be blessed because they'll be built on the immutable foundation of the truth of his word. And not our own opinions in the shifting sand of common of popular opinion. Are y'all with me? And he says to the people, he says, when you do this, if you will do this, you need to realize I'm calling you out as my cherished possession, as a special people. And he's saying that to us today. And look, a lot of us don't feel that way. A lot of us don't feel like we're God's special possession, God's cherished possession, because of the things that have happened in our lives, because of the failures and the shortcomings in our lives. But the truth is, is God's saying, if you'll just do what I'm going to direct you into, especially over these next seven weeks, that you're going to recognize not only how I feel about you and think about you from my word, but what I can do to bring about my blessing and my provision and my purposes and plans for your life and every part of your life. God is with you. God is a good God who loves you and always and only does what is right in your life. And it's our responsibility to respond to his word. And if, and and it's difficult to respond, be responsive to God's word when we don't know what it says. Amen, so I'm going to invite you, get in the word. open the Bible. Now, over the next seven weeks, the primary way that we are going, in, going to engage the Word of God is through this transformed devotional. Now, there's a, there's a student version, and there's an adult version, okay? This, these books contain not only a daily devotional reading from God's Word and a place to journal in it every single day. But they also contain a place to take notes on the weekends in service. They have the small group discussion guide, so that's not a separate thing. It's in here. It's in these books. But there's also in the back, there are, there are guides to help you establish goals and, and, and plan for the future in all seven areas that we're going to be discussing in the week. So this book, literally, you will be engaged in this book seven days a week, For the beginning next Sunday, and we're going to begin reading this on January 4th, next Sunday, January 4th, for the next seven weeks, seven days a week, you will be engaged in this book. So believe me, you want to get these. If you have a student, get this one. If you're adults, you need to get this one, okay? And college students, you probably want to get this one, all right? Does that make sense? You want to get in this book. This is how we're going to engage God's Word. Listen, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 when he said, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, Paul is saying that when our minds, in other words, the way we think and filter and process are being renewed or changed, transformed through interaction with God's works, our lives will be transformed. Listen to this. Transformation does not come by trying harder. I'm going to say that again because some of you need to get this. Transformation does not come by trying harder. Transformation comes when we surrender and allow our lives to be conformed to the truth of His Word. In other words, it doesn't come from trying harder, it comes when we give up. And allow the truth of His Word to conform every area of our lives. If we're going to be transformed truly and sustainably, it will only be because of all of our ways of thinking and living have been changed to reflect the principles and precepts of Scripture. I'm inviting you to pick this book up to begin to read next Sunday, next Sunday morning to start with day one, and you'll go all the way through day 49 and, and engage God's word over these next seven weeks to discover exactly what he says about all these different areas of our lives. All right, so we're gonna prepare ourselves. We're gonna get in the word. Number three, I'm gonna ask you to get in a book. Get in a group, I mean. Get in a group. Look what the Bible says in verse 17. Jump down to verse 17. It says, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. He brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. Now, this verse contains a very important principle about transformation, and that is this. When God is ready to bring change into an area of your life, one of the first things that he often does, and in most cases always, is he gets you out of your comfort zone, and what he did is he brought the people out of the, the, familiar, of the, the familiar part of their everyday life and he brought them out into the, outside of the camp to the foot of this mountain that was a scary place to them. Because up until this time, that mountain represented the place where Moses ran up and down to go see God, right? And it was scary to the people. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a frightening thought. But the Bible says that God called those people to come out of the camp to meet with him. And I, I wanna just, just want to encourage you this week, if you're going to get the most out of this seven-week seven uh, journey that we're about to go on as a family, God is going, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to get up and get out of your comfortable place. And for some of you, that means that you're going to have to get in one of those small groups that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Now listen, some of you guys have been here for years and you've never done the small group thing. It's time. It's time for you to step out of your comfort zone and get in. Again, it's up to you whether you want to just kind of show up and stay on the periphery of what God's doing and hear him third party, or you can get in and hear God and experience him for yourself and experience the transformation that he has for you. But it's going to require you getting out of your comfort zone. Some of you, it's going to mean getting way out of your comfort zone and volunteering to host a small group. Wouldn't that be awful? (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that just be the worst thing? You know, some of you, getting out of your comfort zone is go, man, I'm going to go there. Here I go. You ready? It's going to mean leading A small group (laughs) are you kidding me lead a small group man we've made it so easy for you there's nothing to it look pastor steve's gonna lead the thing all you got to be able to do is push play on the dvd and read the questions afterwards how easy is that Some of you guys have been, and again, man, forget, I can say things Pastor Steve can't say because I just show up once a year. If y'all don't like me again, it's fine. I'm going go back and, you know, be at home, right? I'm just playing. But Here's the thing. Some of you guys have been through, you've been in small groups, you've been through 101, 201, 301, 401, you've been coming, you've been in this church for years, and then just for some reason, you're just like, I just, I'm not going to do that. Let me just push you a little bit. Just a little. Pastor Ann, going will be nice. Okay, i will be nice. There are people around you in your sphere of influence that nobody else is going to reach out to them. They're, they're, your small group is not for you. It's not for the church. It's for those people in your sphere of influence, in your oikos, who need you to create an environment an opportunity for them to encounter God. Does that make sense? Is that nice? Was that nice? Okay. Is anybody offended? Don't leave. Listen, God is calling you. And again, you've been around here for a long time and even if you've been here for a short period of time, it's not too late for you to get up today at all of our campuses and go out of this into the lobby and say and sign up and say, Pastor Danny, I want to lead a small group or wherever, whatever campus you're on. I want to lead a small group. And if, the, and if that's you, look, see this card that's in your bulletin today? We've made this for you to make it real easy. On the back, it just says, I want to join a small group or I want to lead a small group. And don't be afraid to check that second one, okay? Because you can do it. You can do this. You can do this. Alright, so you wanna get in a group. Now, the, the, the thing is, is these groups are going to be one of the main ways that we, that we really lock in to what God is doing through the groups because that's where you're gonna have accountability, that's where there's gonna be relationships built. You know, you got to, some of you are gonna to have to step out of your comfort zone to open your heart to some new relationships. Because one of the things that we do know, at Church of the King, is that spiritual growth and transformation happens best in circles, not rows, right? It's, it, you can only get so much staring at the back of somebody's head every week, every Sunday. But when you gather in a group where you're face-to-face and you can ask questions and you can discuss and you can talk through these truths that we're talking about and there's relationships that are built and accountability that comes out of it, then you're, that's where you begin to get traction in these areas of your life. So get in a group. And then finally, the last thing that I want to mention to you is to get in church. Get in church. Now I know you're thinking, well, Pastor Dave... I'm sitting right here. I'm in church. Well, let me explain what I mean by that. God challenged the nation. After God challenged the nation of Israel to obey him completely, to obey his word, look what their response was. Look what they said in verse 8. It says, all the people answered together and and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Now, I want you to zero in and circle the word together in your Bible. Together. There was something about the unity, the power of them all coming together on the same page and being together during this time, this encounter with God that produced the synergy that God needed to, to bring about transformation in that group of people. And it's the same with us today. The, the word today, we are part, we're not just a collection of individuals. And I know that that, that is not something that some of you have, have really ever come to, to understand. But the fact is that we're more than just a group, a collection of individuals. We are the body of Christ. We are a community of faith. We are a spiritual family. We're a church family. And that when we come together, when we commit to be together, supernatural things can happen. And I want to ask you to do that over the next... Think about it. It's not an exaggeration to say that we're hopeful that every single person who considers Church of the King, his or her family, will say, I'm in. And there's something inside of you in your heart when you hear, hey, this is what our church is doing, so I want to be a part of that. So what exactly am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to come to church Every week for seven weeks. Uh, Really? I've never been to church seven weeks in a row in my life. Well, there's no time like the present. I mean, this is a good time to start, right? New Year. I'm asking you to come to church every week for the next seven weeks. Don't miss a Sunday. And let me tell you, you're going to have plenty of opportunities and plenty of excuses why not to, but I'm asking you not to. And, and here's why. Because God is going to move through us as we come together on the same page, get united, get on the same page, and begin to move forward together as a church family. And anyway, the saint season is over. I mean, today is it, right? I mean, really, it was over a while back, but today it's really over. Are you all with me? So there's no good reason... To not come, to come, bring your friends, bring your family, and commit to be in church these next seven weeks and see what God does. See what God, I I guarantee, this is a money-back guarantee. If you will do the things that we're talking about, I guarantee you, God's word cannot fail, that God's gonna show up in a supernatural way in your life in 2015, amen? So what am I talking about? Get yourself ready, prepare your heart, take time, Take time to get your, prepare your heart for this journey that we're about this week. I mean, literally. Number two, get in the Word. Begin to open your heart to the Word. Maybe you've never established a habit of reading the Bible every day, but get your transformed devotionals and, and begin to read starting next Sunday. And of course, you can read this week as well uh, in your Bible, but, uh, but definitely next week. Number three, get in a small group. Get, it, get signed up. Lead a group. Be in a group. Host a group. And then finally, get in church get in church, and let's see, let's just see what God will do through us as a people and in us as a people as we kick off a new year. Let's make 2015 better than 2014 by starting it with the principle, building our lives on the principles of God's Word. Amen?